It's a Friday PFTOT. Usually I'm by myself on a Friday for PFTOT, but because Chris Sims found it in his heart to work on a Friday, isn't it fun to work on a Friday? Don't you want to work on more Fridays? Well, I don't know if I want to work more Fridays, but I like working on a day after a lot of football games. That certainly made it better. So, no, I, I'm going to try to stay strong with my no Friday work policy, but uh, – it was good. It was, we had a fun show today. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun show, and we got some stuff to address that we talked about during the show, some things we didn't talk about, one topic we argued about during a break. So uh, let's, let's get to it. I want to start with something we did spend some time discussing, but the thing about doing a live TV and radio show, you're constrained by that clock. You have to shut up at a certain time. You got to land the plane, and you got to move on. Let's get back to the new replay review for pass interference. Regardless of whether you like it or not, and I don't like it, the reality is it's going to significantly change the game because now we've got the ever-present possibility that someone's going to throw a deep pass and there's not going to be a flag for pass interference and somebody's going to throw the red challenge flag questioning whether or not there's pass interference. A couple of minutes later, Al Riveron from 345 Park Avenue is going to hand out 40 yards of field position. Last night it was 33 yards that he gave the Jets after Adam Gase challenged the no-call of pass interference. Chris, this is a huge dynamic, and I hope they understand what it's going to do to the game. Yeah, it is. I'm concerned, just like you are. There's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, first off, you know, it's a, it's a subjective play. You and I and 10 other people in a bar could be watching the game, and seven could say, you know, six could say it's pass interference, four could not, or vice versa, whatever it may be. So the, then it shouldn't be. That's the thing. Yes. Okay. It should, if there's any disagreement among those people in the bar, the, the, it should not be overturned. That subjective judgment call should be honored. That's my concern. Okay. It's got to be as clear as what we saw in Rams Saints before. And it's got to be clear and obvious and boom, not something you have to study or look at carefully. If you have to look at it carefully, it's not clear and obvious. And that's my concern that you're going to have things that get overturned that in the past when there wasn't a flag thrown, nobody thought it was a big deal. Right. You know, oh, yeah, that, that was kind of close. But, uh, you know, it's a judgment call and we move on. Now, all of a sudden, you've got this new horizon of calls that you can say, hey, maybe that was pass interference, and the red flag comes out. Now, Riveron agrees that it was. Yeah, well, I mean, as far as the way, way it was last night, you know, and I know you used the phrase like handing out 44 yards or 40 yards or 33 yards, whatever it may be. Hey, you know, the, 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 the non-call on the field was blown last night. You know, that's the, that's the best way I could say it. It was applied correctly in that Giants-Jets game last night where we saw Adam Gase challenge it. The guy clearly had the, the hold of the wide receiver's wrist where he could not get another hand up there. And not just for like a split second. It was like grab, 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 grab. And he never let go of it. So he had it locked down to where the guy never got a chance to put two hands to try to actually catch the football. So it was a correct, correctly applied there. But I'm with you. I mean, clear and obvious needs to be the phrase of the year. I, I'm, I don't want to see like ticky-tack or, you know, there was some hand fighting by both sides and then the guy who hand fought the last is the one that gets called as the ball was getting there, whatever it may be. Those are the things that scare me along with the pace of the game. Um, and, you know, 
Well, we'll see. You made a good point about if there's a ton of pass interference calls, will they stay with, you know, spot foul, right? If it's 40 yards downfield, you get 40 yards. Will they go to the college way with the 15 yards? I don't know. But either way, DBs better be on their P's and Q's this year because, yeah, things are going to be analyzed more than ever as far as uh, what they're doing down the field while the ball's in the air. I think the obvious next step is that, indeed, they're going to be pushing to change pass interference to a 15-yard penalty. That bubbles up from time to time in the NFL. I think that it becomes inevitable when we look at the consequences of Al Riveron dropping a flag from hundreds of miles away and giving a team that much field position. A third of the field went to the Jets last night based upon the review. And I still believe that the bar needs to be higher before we're going to invade the subjective judgment. It's one thing, Chris, to look at the the shot of the sideline and see whether or not the guy got two feet down before he went out of bounds with a catch or whether or not his knee was down before the ball came out. That's undeniable. That's objective. I still think even the grab of the wrist, there's an element of subjectivity that comes into play here that I don't like having the judgment made in real time invaded. And, and even though you could argue last night, yeah, he did grab the wrist and hold it, and maybe it was a good decision, there's going to be plenty of these that we're complaining about while, where Al Riveron went too far. I guarantee you that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think there is too. Well, I mean, you know, Al, Al, and he's got a tough job, and I know that, but he has not necessarily been the best with clear and obvious. Last year was a little bit better. Two years ago, it was shaky. So uh, it is certainly the aspect I, I am going to look at, and uh, we're going to see. Uh, the more of these well, penalties hey. are called and things and we get to flush it out, I think you know more and more problems are going to kind of float to the surface. Here's the other thing, too. Is this what they want? Do they want you and I every Monday morning breaking down in a full segment all of the pass interference calls and non-calls that shouldn't have been. where and, and it's going to happen far more often than not where a flag is thrown via replay review than where a flag is picked up. Because I think to, it's going to be almost impossible to have a flag picked up. Because if there's any contact and they say pass interference, then it's pass interference, yeah, and how right. do you overturn it? It's right. going to be these situations where there's no call in real time and now Riveron's dropping the flag, and we're going to end up talking about it a lot unless they make that bar higher. All right, the Eagles uh, have the bar move a little bit lower at backup quarterback with Nick Foles out and Nate Sudfeld in. They were hoping they'd get a lot of out of Sudfeld in the preseason to make sure that he would be ready to replace Carson Wentz if Wentz gets injured at some point during the regular season. Nate Sudfeld breaks a wrist on Thursday night. He's out for a while. He's going to have surgery on Friday morning. Chris, I know Doug Peterson, the Eagles coach, says they don't have any plans to bring anyone in, but should they? This goes now to Cody Kessler, Clayton Thorson. That, 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 that's a huge drop from Carson Wentz, and we know from Carson Wentz's history he can get injured at any given moment. Yeah, a lot depends on how Cody Kessler and Clayton Thorson have been practicing, what kind of confidence have they instilled in the coaching staff and the organization that they can get the job done. Right now, yeah, like you said, they're going to they're gonna stay uh, with what they got and see if these guys can kind of take advantage of the opportunity. You know, Clayton Thorson, he does have the ability and all that, but yeah, he's a, he's a rookie, so we don't know what to expect. Cody Kessler has a little veteran, you know, presence about him, but not very, not much ability. So that it's scary for the Eagles because this is what happens when you're a Super Bowl football team. You want a quarterback where you go, a backup quarterback where you go, okay, if our starter goes down, yeah, we might not be as good, 
but we're not going to like fall off earth here and just be totally ruined as a football team. And, you know, as it stands right now, I think that's up for debate. And they were grooming Nate Sudfeld, and I think, you know, he did some good things last night, and I think they were confident that he was going to be a solid backup that could fulfill that role. Uh, but th th this is a big issue. And, yeah, I think next week uh, and, of course, preseason game number three are going to go a long way to whether if there's somebody on the street like a Josh McCown, a Sam Bradford, I'll throw that name out there, you know, or do they just wait till Sam Bradford? I'm just throwing names out. I mean, at least he's. What about Colin Kaepernick? Hey, what about Colin Kaepernick? It was 10 years ago this month that Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles signed Michael Vick yeah. after he did two years for dogfighting. Right. I, hey, uh, you know I, what I think of Colin Kaepernick. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. The, the whole situation's messed up. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't even know if it's realistic at this point anyway, any, anymore. But either way, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, Mike. Yeah, he's the best option out there. The, the teams want to deal with it and the, all the crap that's going to come along with it. And I think the Eagles – what, 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 crap, what crap would there be? I mean, really, what crap would there be? The crap be? is going to be we're going to talk about it. There's going to be other idiots who are going to be like, It'll oh, he's anti-American. They're going to come out with all this stupid, like, this stupid narratives that aren't true, and they're going to try to fight against that. And the Eagles, I think, are enjoying kind of flying under the radar this offseason and this season. I'm just not sure they'd welcome it. I'm all for it. Hey. I hope they do hey, it because hey, you know we'll hey, Bottom it. line, bottom line, you either want to have a backup you feel good about behind a quarterback who is injury prone or you don't. There's no way you feel good about Cody Kessler. There's no way at this point in his career you feel yeah. good enough about Thurston Howell III. And with Nate Sudfeld out, I think they have to at least consider it. Now, you know, maybe Colin Kaepernick would want too much money. I mean, there's all these ifs and buts and suppositions because nobody's ever engaged Kaepernick in a conversation about what he wants. Yeah. But how could you not at least have that conversation if you're the Philadelphia Eagles? They pride themselves on emotional intelligence. Maybe it's time to display a little of it as it relates to the Kaepernick situation. All right, speaking of emotional intelligence or the lack thereof, Aaron Rodgers publicly called out his team's decision to have joint practices with the Texans, called out the kickoff drills that were conducted as part of it, said that the NFLPA is going to be interested in taking a look at these close-to-live kickoff drills. Chris, last night, Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Packers, suggested that he was okay with that criticism. I'm not okay with any quarterback taking anything outside of the organization. I don't like that he talks publicly about these things, and I think any coach worth his salt has got to be pissed off if any of his players, especially his starting quarterback, says these things publicly when they should be brought privately to the coach. Well, okay. We we overanalyze Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, there's other quarterbacks who have said things they don't like to do or do this or do that, and I haven't looked at it like to come up with the specific, specific yeah, name examples. One. Name, well, I can't name think one of quarterback. I will. I'll text because them it, to you. it doesn't happen. Every now and it then it doesn't does happen. happen. There's nothing wrong with a guy Even, saying, hey, I don't like joint practices. There's nothing wrong with it. He's allowed that's to That's not the that. issue. Right. The okay. issue is saying that these kickoff drills we did, the NFLPA for sure is going to look at it. It's not smart. His coach is the one who agreed to do it, and the quarterback says it's not smart. He's saying the coach did something stupid. My point is you're allowed to have that concern. Yeah. Don't take it public. Chris, look, if I got an issue with you, 
do you want me to talk about it during the first hour of the radio show when you're not there and I tell the world that I have an issue with you? Or do you want me to reach out to you and say, hey, Chris, I got an issue with you. Let's talk it out. What would you prefer? Well, I, I would prefer that you'd talk it out with me. But how do you know it wasn't talked out already? How do you know that during... Because it happened that day. Well, how do you know it Aaron Rodgers... How do you know Aaron Rodgers, why it was happening, was going, damn, that's messed up. We're doing this out here? I mean, we're talking about the most dangerous play in football and we're doing this? For me, again, yes, I understand it looks a little like, you know, what do I want to say, revolutionary or whatever, but he's being a leader in a lot of ways too. He's going to get props in the locker room for saying things like that because I can promise you when guys walked off the field and maybe a guy who's had a hard practice, he went, holy crap, I just had to run in like get in five car crashes during a live kickoff period in practice. And it's not just against Matt LaFleur and the Green Bay Packers. He's also call calling out Billy O'Brien and the Texans. So, you know, again, I think this is one of those things that Aaron Rodgers just – I respect it about him, and you know, you know, I I know you think I'm a Aaron Rodgers homer and all that. So you are, whatever. you Great. are. I don't think it. I know it. Well, I, I, because some of this I think just gets blown out of proportion. I, I do, Chris, and Chris, I don't have I an issue think, with it. I don't think he's got the self awareness that he needs for the job that he has. He needs to understand how people are going to react to saying these things publicly. He needs to understand. He's a smart guy. Yes, he, he needs is. to understand that by the words he used, send a message. And it may very well be, Chris, that he's intending to send a very clear message to the upper reaches of the Packers organization. And the message is this. You know what? You can fire a coach. You can hire a coach. You can do whatever you want. But I run the show here. I'm the guy that's the face of the franchise. I'm the guy that's making the money. And I'm ultimately going to do whatever the hell I want. And there's nothing you can do about I, it. I, I, so don't, maybe ag I don't agree I with that part of it. I don't agree with that. Now, he's a damn quarterback, and he's making $33.5 million a year. And we know he's one of the greatest of all time. And is he a little brash with how he does that? I don't think he's doing this like, I'm in power here. This is my show. No. I think he's just like, he doesn't – he is self-aware, I think. I just don't think he gives a damn about what these things. I think he's going, oh, no, we're breaking the effing rules, the Texans and the Green Bay Packers, and that's not cool. And I, I just don't have an issue with that part of it. You know, again, can we argue maybe he should handle it differently? Okay, I'm there with you. I am there with you. But I don't think it's like a cryptic message, you know, towards the towards the Green Bay Packer organization or a power play on LaFleur or the other higher-ups or any of that. So, you know me and you, know, I know I, we disagree here. And uh, Well, yeah. look, Chris, yeah. Chris, either, either he's got the self-awareness of Michael Scott or it is calculated and deliberate. Neither look is a good one for Aaron Rodgers because these are things that not should not be said publicly. All right, you know what? I have to run. There was one more topic we we're going to get to. I'll write about it at PFT. We'll have time to discuss what it did, on Monday. What did you it's, have scheduled that you forgot you scheduled that you just realized well, you have to do something? See, usually on Fridays, you're not here. Right. So I can wrap this up by 20 after 9 because I have a radio commitment in Miami Thank every you. Friday. Gotcha. So because you're here and because you have to go to the bathroom and urinate before we can actually <laughs> do the show, I mean, if we're going to be open about it, we'll be open about Let's it. Let's do it. We start, we start later. How dare you say that publicly? Why didn't Friday? you come to me privately <laughs> to say that? I am coming you to you Aaron privately. Rogers, no one's you? watching this. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Everybody have a great week. I will see you Monday. Be good.